Digital 410 Productions proudly presents the What's in Your Head podcast. Digitized live from the ACT Computer Studios in Cape Coral, Florida, it's the What's in Your Head podcast with your hosts Gordon and Don Abernathy. What's up, what's up, what's up, OG5? Just adjusting the camera a little bit before we get started here. It's another Monday, I think. I had an extended weekend because it's the spring break for the kids and such. And so yeah, I it looks like uh, all sorts of craps going on in Miami. Did a minimum amount of work today and just kind of hung out with the time change and all that fun stuff. I don't know where the hell I'm at. What's going on in Miami? Uh, just the spring breakers out of control. Lots of arrests. Yeah, it sounds like a normal normal spring break. Not really. Down here in Florida, we've pretty much, and we we talked about this a little bit on the last episode. We, you know, spring break down here has kind of gotten tamer. But I guess considering everybody's been locked up in their dorms and their parents' homes and their parents' basements for the last year, they're going to run wild in the streets. We're running wild in the streets. Running, running wild in the streets. So I guess I'm not a little. I'm not too surprised. I reckon. So, uh, nah. how you been, fella? I'm doing all right. Um, <clears throat> had something odd happen to me last Friday. Okay. What was that? And it's actually part of what I'm working on for the next video coming up on Analog 410. Either slash... you just talked really fast or you're, uh, you went kind of borderline max headroom on us. <laughs> so I was working on a vlog for the, uh, Analog 410. Uh-huh. That may go into the digital 410. And I was kind of rambling on about where we are with masculinity and <laughs> so on and so forth. <laughs> nothing crazy, nothing pushing, just trying to understand it. But what was weird, I stopped the video because there was a, uh, a young girl walking up behind me. She was loud in those heels, too. Was click clickety clock, clock, clickety clock. Look at my hoo. So I kind of stopped and she was in tears. Uh-huh. And because I was just dropped off here, I don't know where I'm at. All I got is my purse. I mean, she had clothes on. You know, uh, I said, you know, I said, hey, I said, what, what side of town you're from? I don't know. He's like, do you know where Wet and Wild is? Because I'm thinking to myself, and this will be brought up in the video. Um, I'm a middle-aged white guy. Mm-hmm. You're the I worst thing out there. Like a ride or something, <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble. That's just keep so, the camera on, man. <laughs> Well, I, I should have, but I had shut it off because I let her use the phone. Uh, she didn't even have her cell phone on her. And um, so here's what you do. You walk straight down this road you're on. And I'll end up at the Wet n' Wild parking lot. And next to the Wet n' Wild parking lot is a Clark County pool building. I figure somebody from the county can help her out if it's such a dire situation. Or Send say there's a 7-Eleven across safe. the street. <laughs> walk oh, over there. Uh, she'll be kidnapped and God knows what else. That bad? Oh, no, I'm just uh, being facetious. I mean, come on, you've been to 7-Elevens. Yep. Even the one across the street from me is gets a little shady from time to time, I'm thinking. But they haven't put up the red and blue flashing lights at the cameras yet, which I'm wondering if that goes up after the first time they get robbed. How do you feel about the audible crosswalk signs? They work. I know, but they're kind of new to my town and they only have them like on the main four-lane thoroughfare i mean it may excuse the cotton tops down there may confuse them it little. confuses my semi-old <laughs> ass i'm walking out of here hey old look ass, you're younger than me bud i hear watch i'm like what what the 
Don't walk. Oh, it's the damn, it's the damn parking. The We've got two types out here. We got the, the, the type like that and the type that just sends the tone. What's up, Morgan Long? OG5 checking in. Gordon's levels are pretty low. Well, we can turn them up. That would be nice. There you go. Uh, I know oh, why they're low. Let's try it again. I had them low because I was working on something. My yeah. apologies, guys. Okay. Well, finally, See, as soon as you turn them up, I turn them up, and it starts screaming. So you were super hot there for a moment. But there. Yeah, I'm sure I was. I just realized I was down to almost zero. And I do apologize. Amateur hour here. But uh, we do have uh, the two types here. Originally, I was under the mindset that those buttons don't work, that those buttons were just kind of a placebo. Mm-hmm. That is a conspiracy work. theory that the crosswalk button isn't really hooked up to the lights. It just gives you something to do while you're standing there. Well, I did a test because I do walk the little guy early in the morning when there's not a lot of traffic. Is that what you kids calling it now? Walking the little guy? Walking the little guy. So uh, I, I get there and um, I tested it out with when the light would change going in a direction I was headed across the crosswalk. I didn't push the button. I never got the walk sign. As soon as I pushed a button on the next cycle, I got it. And I pushed a button. Uh, not you pushed a button. Proven out pretty good. There you go. So, uh, how was your weekend, all in all? Uh, my weekend was good. It was busy, but it's always busy. I don't know how people have kids. I mean, there's two of us and two pets, <laughs> and we can't find time to do anything but our, our housework on the weekends. Yeah, it's a little little something. Look at this. Can you see that? Wow, that's the world's worst hickey in the weirdest spot. Well, you can't really see all of it, but that's... Uh... That's from the race this weekend from supporting all 220 pounds on my arm on that inverted crawl you saw me do in the video. Mm-hmm. So you got yourself a little war wound, huh? Ah, uh, more than one. So I'm sure as everybody knows, because I've been posting videos everywhere, I completed my third Savage race. The, the metal this year is super awesome. Uh, the Savage itself is kind of made out of that liquid rubber. And okay. uh, it fills in real nice. And at the top, it says best damn obstacles anywhere. If you watch the video on YouTube, um, you know, at the end, I wasn't too excited, if you will, with my overall performance, because I really wanted the fact that I failed, like the very first obstacle I've never failed before. I passed it every time. That's the one that spins or like little octagons and they spin. The funny thing is, is, is that the one you blamed on all the YouTube viewers? Um, yes. The, the camera fell off. That's where, well, the first member ran an OCR with a headset on and it wasn't tight enough. So it fell off. But then I, I went back and did it and I still failed it. Now I fumbled my way through that the last two years. And then this year I failed it. But interestingly enough, while I was uploading that video, I was watching, there's a YouTube channel and a podcast called the OCR media, which I'm working on something for, hopefully for the future of that. I'll get to you off the air of that. Um, but anyhow, I'm watching the pros do it, and it turns out what you do, instead of trying to monkey bar your way across these octagons, because there are four octagons that spin in a circle, and there's a series of them, what you do is you just grab one bar, and your momentum will spin you around to the next one you grab on one bar, and it'll spin you. So you're not actually, unless you, if you're good enough, you can do the monkey bar thing. But anyhow, I failed on that, and I failed, I failed like five out of the 28 obstacles, which I wasn't. And to be honest with you, I don't, I don't really consider like crawling, commando crawling under wire an obstacle. It's just kind of a slowdown thing. And so there's like seven or eight. Yeah, I was going to say it would be an obstacle if it was real barbed wire, right? Yeah, or like uh, Tough Mudder used to do with electric, electric, uh, electric fencing. Zap. 
But um, and so some of those I really don't consider obstacles. But basically, anything that's not a flat level, they put a, a number on it. Mm-hmm. And but um, so I really wasn't super thrilled with my time because I wanted to finish in the top ten. Because last year I finished top sixteen. But the caveat to that is the last race I ran was a um minimum capacity COVID makeup race. Cause last March was supposed to be my second race and it got canceled due to COVID. And so they pushed it out to November. And so when November rolled around, they basically did a makeup. So there was less people there. So I came in the top 16 because there were fewer people there, which kind of makes sense, right? Yes. But I still use that as a, a jumping off point. No pun intended as you know, <laughs> how I want to do for my training. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, I'm going to set a reasonable expectation that I want to finish in top 10 in my age group. Not overall. There's no way in hell. There's the elite, the elite wave when I was watching the pros run that on the replay, these guys yeah. are running like in that first open quarter mile, because there's like three quarters of a mile before there's even a, uh, obstacle. They're running like a sub six minute mile. <clears throat> my best minute miles, like an eight and a half. So there's no way I can compete with the elite guys. So I just, I try to go by my age group, even though I'm doing an open, but anyhow, last my last race I did, I'm looking at athletes, which is cool because all of the um, all of the results that are monitored by chips are uploaded to this website called Athlinks. And so, like, literally every race I've ever done that's legitimate, my times are on this website. So last November, my um, I ran the entire thing in an hour and 40 minutes. And that's roughly seven miles, 28 obstacles. My pace was, I'm saying I ran a 33, the pace is off on here, but anyhow, um, I finished, um, out of males out of 1,053 males I was 134th, which ain't bad, but out of males 40 to 44, I was 16 out of 135. Only six off. And that, but that was last year. So I wasn't thrilled with the fact that this year I finished 25 out of 128. So what, what happened? What's the difference? Well, honestly, I wanted to blame it on the 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 sleeping situation because I have trained. Are we as, talking the camp, camper kerfuffle? Yes. As I said at the top of the show, this week is also hey, spring break. And so I thought, hey, I got to go to Dade City. I usually run a hotel room. Why not just grab Nugget, grab Carrie, grab Bebop? Jumping dad's have a family outing, right? Jumping dad's camper. And as you guys heard me complain last week, I was complaining about how next to impossible it is in the state of Florida to find a fucking campground that's not a 60, a 55 and up retirement village. And so I found one that's ran by Thousand Trails slash Encore. They run a chain of campgrounds. The last campground that we went to was um, Peace River, which was a Thousand Trail Encore property. And we had a great time. So you think the standard is there, right? Mm hmm. And I went as far as Googling campground without RV, looked at the pictures. They have a nice outdoor pool, all these beautiful pictures, all this good stuff. Thought good to go, right? So go on there. This time at the last RV hookup we had, we had electric and water, but we did not have sewage. So before we left, we had to trail around, find the the septic and offload, which whatever. And so I was like, you know what, this time, but the problem with that was, is that's when we discovered when Nugget took a bath instead of a shower, she filled up our gray water tank the very first day. And so mm-hmm. for the second day, we had to t- basically shower 
in the on-site facility because we didn't want to have to tear everything up, go dump out the gray water, go set everything back up, right? Let me, let me pause you right there. So mm-hmm. those of you who are not watching, Don just pulled the uh, bullshitting around the campfire move with his bottle cap. <laughs> Did you see where that flew? <laughs> so yeah, I went to snap my beer bottle cap and it flew backwards and bounced off my headphone earpiece and just flew to the side. I tried to flip it at the camera, but it went backwards and bounced. But yeah, anyhow, so the first and only time we had gone camping previous to this, we didn't have the sewer hookup and we didn't know how small the water tank was, or I don't know how much water Seriana ran in the bathtub, but long story short, the very first night we were out of gray water space. We had just enough to flush the toilets a few times, but not take a shower. And I didn't want to tear the camp down, go drain the tanks and come back. So this year we were planning on staying Friday, Saturday, and maybe tearing down Sunday and hoping maybe we can get a deal if the if the park was a little empty, maybe stay Monday or Sunday night and then tear down Monday. We're kind of planning on that. So I was like, you know, I don't want to get in a situation again where we're counting gallons on the gray water tank for flushing a toilet. So I I paid for a premium spot. Mm-hmm. Came with power, water, and sewage, seventy six dollars a night. Sounds okay. fantastic. So we're, we, we leave Friday after Carrie gets home from work. And so it's about three o'clock time we pull out of here and it's almost a two and two and three quarter hour drive, but I got to drive through Sarasota and Tampa through rush hour, Sarasota. I don't know what the fuck you guys got going up there, but anytime I drive through Sarasota on rush hour, there's never an accident, but there's always a standstill traffic on the interstate until I pass the last exit. And then it opens wide up. I don't know if people don't know where the fuck they're going. It's people trying to get to that off-ramp the last minute, but there's never an accident. There's never any construction. It stands still until you get past the last off-ramp, and then it opens wide up. Long right. story short, we get there like 7.15. Their office is closed. And so I find this lady standing there who's the park ranger, and I said, hey, I got Talking about the uh, the resident drunk? Yeah, something like that. Okay. I like that. She's like a manager of an apartment complex. Yeah, but she had a cool car with a fake badge sticker on the side that says Cloverleaf, R- Cloverleaf RV Resort Park Ranger. So hey. she a park ranger, sort of like that metro state guy? That no, she's a park ranger as much as a uh, the 70-year-old guy at the gated community sitting behind the fucking, in the box, checking IDs before he lifts the gate to cop. She's not. She's just somebody who's hired to, quote-unquote, be their park ranger. I was going to compare to that metro state guy out of Florida who was funeral procession and he kept acting like he was a cop but anyway so anywho um, i tell her you know hey i would have been here a little sooner but i got stuck in traffic no no worries go in over there she points and it's basically a room the size of a fancy outhouse okay. and it says nighttime reservations and i walk okay. in there and there's a manila envelope stuck to the the cork board it has my name on it and luckily when i reserved the spot i accidentally hit pay a deposit instead of pay the full balance so only paid for one night and so we get it we see the map I'm like cool i'm on a corner lot this would be perfect to back in i'm not an expert with backing this thing up i've only done it a few times it's 22 feet it's dark outside this will be pretty cool easy to get in and get out so we pull up this spot and it's right on the corner so you have a road uh, like a three and a half inch, a three foot at the widest, no, five feet at the widest peak triangle grass spot. Another what appears to be a road, but turns out it's just a concrete slab. A pole, grass, another concrete strips with two 
two camping, uh, two picnic tables. And I'm like, well, which ones are? So I get out and I'm got a light. The mm-hmm. ones at the two picnic tables are spots like 255 and 256, and we're in spot 257. The pole closest to the little pad next to the street says 257. And I'm like, what the hell? We're basically in the street. And Carrie, like, this is tiny, but there's no one here. What the fuck are we going to do? Sounds like you got the only paid a deposit only spot. I was like, well, should we park in there? She's like, well, what if you park in there and go to the race and then they show up in the morning? Can't tear down the camper. You'll have the truck. Okay, well, we'll deal with it in the morning. Yeah. Back the camper in. The patch of grass between the bottom step of my camper and the street is, like I said, at the widest point, and it's and it's a triangle, so it's not a full strip. It's about four feet. I can't put my canop my my sunsetter awning canopy out that has the LED lights that provide shade. That's where you put all your chairs and you lounge out like your front porch. If I would have extended this thing, someone would have drove through it driving down the road at night. That's so all you would have been lounging in the street. Yeah. So we had no picnic table. All right. Not even a, pel- a place. You know, our whole thing, like I said last week, all we wanted was a patch of grass, a tree, a fire ring, and a place, and a picnic table. Place it. Yes, I know. The Luke, basics. You're not going camping. You're going. Look, I just want a place that my daughter can sit outside for eight hours a day and not be inside. My idea, I just want her to be able to cook s'mores over a campfire, sit around outside, drink a beer, enjoy being outside. None of that could happen. One, there's no campfires in this entire place. They don't have fire rings. They don't allow campfires. Two, I don't have a picnic table. I have no place for the dog to hang out because, well, if I chain her to the front, she'll be in the street and get ran over. So I'm like, this is a goddamn nightmare. But I'll deal with you it You basically tomorrow. got the worst lot in the tra- trailer park. Yes. And it, it would essentially be like you bring it to your buddy's house in the city and him letting you yeah. park it out back and hook up to the spigot and plug into their freaking outlet so you can get some power while you're staying there over the night before you travel on to your next destination it, you're it, praying to god some drunk doesn't come down an alley and plow into it well it turns out this place wasn't a campground as they advertised yes it's a campground but it's a full t- it's a long-term living facility and a place for lo- the weary traveler to park their rv for the night everybody has so not clearly stated that in, in in any of the nomenclature on the website no because they're trying to get people they offer weekend rentals but a majority of the people there it's 55 and up and then people who are, you know, who either can't afford a house and they're living out of a camper out of necessity. Cause there were some people raising some kids there who are about seven years old, which it's one thing to live in a trailer park, but to raise kids in an RV park is a whole nother sadness. <laughs> that sounds like something you hear out this way. And so anyhow, it's eight o'clock. I got a, my, my start time at my race is 10 five. I've been training for this thing. I wanted to get up early, eat breakfast, because I last year, I, halfway through, I couldn't open up my hands. And interestingly enough, last week on Netflix, I was watching a show called Blown Away, and it's about glass blowing. And there was a competition where they had to go for eight hours, and the woman said, you know, the problem with going that long in a hot room like this where you're sweating all day is after a while, the lactic acid builds up in your hands, you can't open your hands. I'm like, that's exactly what happened last year. So I did some research. Long story short, how to avoid lactic acid buildup in a race. It's about nutrition in the morning, consuming lots of water, um, taking gel caps and stuff like ultra fat nut butter during the race. It's about staying hydrated, electrolytes. And so I came up with this whole nutritional plan. I was going to get up in the morning, eat bacon and eggs, down like three bottles of Gatorade, have do a little carb loading. None of that happened because 
Now we're sleeping in a camper. The dog's there. She's whining because she's in an unfamiliar environment. Carrie's back's hurting. She's tossing and turning. So even though I went to bed at nine, I was waking up like every hour, every 40 minutes. So the big complete question. sleep deprivation. Yeah. And the complete, the big question is now, what did you end up eating for breakfast? Since it sounds like your nutrition plan was, I wrecked. got up and went to McDonald's and had a fucking McGriddle. Oh, there, there it is. I that woke up. It. it was the McGriddle. Woke up. Doing? Hold on. I got to shut the door. Cause Sariana's screaming at her goddamn people on, on Xbox. I, I heard her in her cussing earlier today. Oh, she is a teenager. That's going to happen. <sighs> And of course, dogs being dogs, Bailey's been in here the whole time. But now that the door is completely shut, she's going to go cry at the door here momentarily. So she was she was cussing at people online. Now you play online with her at times, right? Yeah, and she never cusses, and you've played with but her too. About uh, do you ever cuss online? Yes, but she never cusses. She has a whole new series of friends now, who are her age. And I heard her whisper, "Would you shut the fuck up?" I've never heard her cuss before. How, how was your language at that age? Eh, do as I say, not as I do. Um. And I'm not a girl. Is the is the is the is the marching lines is the go-to line of every horrible leader out there? Yeah, but anyhow, back to the, the whole thing. <laughs> so no sleep. I get up. Let's just gloss over. I got to take the dog outside. Get ready to go. Um, I thought my race started at ten fifteen. I, my campground was only thirty minutes from the race site, so I leave about an hour early. I was wanting to get there to stretch, maybe run a mile around the place, get my legs warmed up, because I really I. I really want to finish it in top 10. And I was wanting to right. complete close to 100% completion on obstacles, which is absurd, but you know, you got to have goals. So I get in the truck and a bit everybody do. I stop sitting in the parking lot of McDonald's for like 15 minutes, get my sausage McGriddle blah, and my nasty ass. Um, what are you doing? My Coke. No, she's chewing on the bottle cap that fell off my head. Um, get the hash brown. Drive down there, wait in line, and then as I'm signing my life away on the disclaimer and the waiver, I find out that my race starts at 10.05, and it's already 9.30. Fuck. No! Now, I'm by my... You know, the only thing that you were blessed with is, thank God, daylight savings time was Sunday morning and not Saturday morning. And this is my third race, but my first time being alone. I usually have a spectator. Last year, or last November... Oh, Katie was there uh, before that. Carrie was there. So now I have a book bag, got my phone in it, my ID. Where the fuck am I going to put this thing, right? I found out later that a bag check, but I, I found an area. There's just a bunch of bags laying around. I see some lady with like a kid and a playpen. I was like, are you going to be here a while? She's like, yes. Like, Can I leave my shit here? She's like, sure. So I, I go do that. I drink two bottles of Gatorade from the parking lot to the, to the <laughs> starting line because I want to get some fluid in me because I'm trying to prevent the electric the uh, lactic acid buildup go urinate i consume um for those of you who serial viewers of the show we had vinnie tortridge on the show twice he's the owner of nsng foods this is his product ultra fat nut butter it is electrolyte infused vanilla almond with coconuts um it has 247 calories um it's got um 20 grams of fat um it's got calcium in it potassium magnesium uh, a bunch of other good stuff. And I talked to Vinny. Any sugar? No. I talked to Vinny and I said, hey, um, is this stuff good during like running 
races or do they need to mix with stuff? He's like, no, that's what it's designed for. So I put two of those and I bought some other glue, so glu- uh, some high energy stuff. So I, I, I crossed, well, cont- pollinated those. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, Vinny's an endurance athlete anyway. Yes. So it sounds like I'd be right. Right, how you'd model that. So I drank Gatorade, two bottles of Gatorade, consumed one of these and a, a different product. Went in, ran throughout the race. I consumed three more. But as I said, I I failed a, an obstacle that I never failed before. But I also passed an obstacle that I failed last time, but won the time before that. So I made up in the negative there. I, I so I have to uh, review the game film. Mm-hmm. But I could have swore right before you hit that um, obstacle, you said, my hands are too muddy. Yes, they were. Like you knew that it was going to be a problem as soon as you got up there. Because I think you said you're going to wipe it on your head. Uh-huh, which I did. Learned. Yeah, I was watching. So I paid attention uh, to your videos. And then you went that you, right before you hit it, you're like, my hands are too muddy. And then, boom. I slid off. Now, the other thing I have going in my head is I know that Carrie and Sarion are back in a camper at a campground with no nothing to do right they're gonna pull there somewhere they got the dog and the last two times i've done this race if i failed an obstacle i'd go back and try it a second time but i know i'm thinking if i'm here all day long they're gonna be pissed (laughs) so i was like whatever i i failed it i just kept going um i did make up an obstacle that i failed last year but past the time before which is the inversion one which is what put all these bruises on my arm because you're literally hanging on a pole upside down and then there's a piece of pvc on the next pole as you do the transition it spins and then there's a rope ladder you can't touch the ground you're completely upside down so that inversion one for the layman at home that's kind of like these action films when they're climbing across what would normally be a rope mm-hmm. this way but you're using it on a pipe right yeah you're it's, hanging hanging down and you're just scooching across yeah the first rung is about 15 feet and then it has a transition because the frame's made out of, um, for those who go to concerts, just think of the framing like the uh, stage is made up or the lighting rigs are made up of. And that's basically what the um, rig is made out of. And so you have to transition over one of those rigs. And then the next pole has a, it's kind of has a PVC sleeve over it, right? So the, the mm-hmm. and you can see in the videos, there's like bearings. And I've never gotten a thing to spin because I guess I grab on it properly, but the hypothesis is it, potentially could spin and drop you off that's about 15 feet and then you got like an eight foot rope ladder that is only connected at each end by one line so hypothetically that thing can spin too but and it's usually over water um you can hear me in the video saying that i think they've greatly reduced the water obstacles to help minimize covid transmission quote unquote just hypothesis of mine because there's a lot of obstacles that used to be for water that are now not so anyhow I, i make it through that Long story short, I finished the race. Obviously, I got my medal, but I did not hit my goal. And I was really disappointed with it. And I finished in my age group, males 40 to 44, 25 out of 128. Now, what did I say the last one was? Last one I was 16. Last one I was 16 out of 135. So less people ran. But I got a higher rank. I mean, a lower rank. But with that being said, it's not COVID, so perhaps more fast people went. And I know more fast people went because, A, on the obstacles I failed on, with the exception of two, I only tried once. But I felt a little bit better after I was putting my bib up and I saw my numbers for last year. 
Last year, I ran the race in a, well, when I say last year, I meant last November. I ran the race in 140 minutes and 55 seconds. This year, I ran it in 125. So I cut 21 minutes off my race and still got a lower finisher. So that just goes to show that it really wasn't my performance so much because I ran faster. Um, which also may be why I failed a couple more obstacles because I was too tired. May also explain why I was just running and fucking fell over. That's in the video. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> Don't. Well, I'm, run- I'm, r- I'm running in trail shoes and they kind of have right. tread on them, like a, a almost like a tire. And I yeah. uh, wasn't picking my feet up. And as you can see, there's nothing in there. I wasn't running through the woods, and I just my tread got uh, caught a piece <laughs> of dirt. I and think I just, there was a movie that had the line that just toe pick. I just yeah, I just. Fell, rolled, my skateboarding fall came in. I barrel, I shoulder yeah, rolled, I got roll. back up, and just kept on going. I was like, "Well, that's a first. And so yeah. I, I was disappointed in my overall performance, but clearly my training helped in the fact that I cut twenty minutes off my race time. How much do they ding you for an incompleted obstacle? If I was running in the elite wave, see, this is the biggest difference between a Spartan race and a Savage race. In a Spartan race, regardless if you're open wave or elite wave, if you can't pass an obstacle, they make you do 30 burpees and you move on. In an open wave, you're just competing against you and your ability to do it. So there is no completion. It's up to you and your honesty between you. and Because a lot of people just go out there as like team building exercises and shit like that for their church or their work and all that, or people like me who are you know trying to endure themselves. But in the elite wave, meaning the the race for money, yeah, it's a hundred percent completion. That blue wristband you see, that's actually a tracker. If I was in the pro wave, if you don't complete it, now you can try the obstacle as many times as you want, but if you don't complete the obstacle, they cut the fucking wristband off and you get a DNF. So that's the biggest difference between a savage and a Spartan. Spartan, you just do 30 burpees and you're on your way. Savage, you, if you're in the elite wave and you don't pass the obstacle, they cut the bracelet off and you just don't get a finishing time. When is your Spartan race? I haven't signed up for one yet. Um, they got one, they got one, I think later on this summer over in West Palm beach or somewhere. They had one in Jacksonville, which was a few weeks ago, but it's too close to this. Yeah. And I already paid for this. See the, the secret of all these races is you want to buy your pass months in advance because they're like oh, yeah. 40% off and the well, much like a concert ticket, you the train, right? Yeah. And much like a concert ticket, the closer you wait to the concert, the more expensive they get. And if you show up and buy it at the door, it's even more. But, um, but so I guess I can't be too upset with myself because I cut 20 minutes off my time. I just need to work more on my grip strength and my upper body strength. I will say, um, there's an obstacle called sawtooth and it's all monkey bars and it goes up and goes down and goes up and it's over water. And I've never been able to get past the fourth rung because I can't do pull-ups. So one, two, three, fall in the water. Oh, fuck. And so after I ran it in November, I did some research and this cat was on YouTube. He said, if you can't get past sawtooth, the secret is to go backwards. And I'm like, that makes no sense. He said, the reason you go backwards, because when you go forwards, you're pretty much doing pull-ups. You're cause these things, this is not a horizontal, it's an incline. So you're climbing right. up monkey bars. And yeah, I think we had something like that at Ackerman elementary school. I kind of remember a, a, a pitch. It just had one little pitch in it. Now, there's different versions of Sawtooth depending on the state. The one in Florida, it goes up and it has transitions over two bars and then it goes down. They have one in Georgia that goes up, down, up like a Sawtooth, hence the name. Luckily, this one's not that severe. But I 
I said, okay, well, the next time I try this thing, I want to try it backwards. I guess when you go backwards, you're using different, you're using shoulders and not so much your biceps and I mean, your, your, your titties. And I was talking to the camera as I'm walking up to the thing Cause I know people are watching this thing and I try to put a little bit of, um, dialogue in it. I fast forward through all the runs cause no one wants to see you run for 10 minutes straight, which is interesting enough when you fast forward through your runs and then you slow down and you look like you're walking, even though you're still doing a 14, <laughs> a 10 minute pace, but you look like you're walking. So anyhow, I'm talking to the camera about this in my nemesis and I did some research about doing it backwards. And this girl's walking next to me. She thinks I'm talking to her. She's like, huh? Backwards. I start, yeah. So anyhow, I try it, wiped off my hands and I went up backwards and I actually made it to the transition and transition. You're supposed to go sideways. So you get wider wingspan and I make it to the other bar, but then my, I slip, but I was completely happy. Even though I didn't pass it. That's the, that's a PR on that particular obstacle. The fact that I made it to the halfway point, all I get to do now is work my way across it and then be able to work way down. Obviously, when you go down, you don't go backwards, you go forwards. But long story short, I need to work on my grip strength and my arm strength a little bit more. But um, my whole thing is if I can get, if I can, like, let's say I sign up for this thing in November and I have <laughs> good sleeping conditions, I get my weight. Stars are aligned, right? The planets yeah. are aligned, everything. That's, is- and the other thing is, is I went in the race at 217. I was able to cut four pounds off, but my... It's going to be next impossible to do. Last time I was able to cut down the 207 is when I ran 100 miles in one month. But when you do that, you're you're going to be so goddamn tired you can't get to the race. But if I can cut off that extra 10 pounds, that's 10 pounds less of me dragging across the fucking monkey bars. And it don't sound a lot, but when you bench press and you're, you know, you put up four, three, four, you know, 10 reps, and then you go and take 10 pounds off, that next 10 reps is a lot easier. Mm-hmm. So if I were able to cut, get down to 207 just for race day, I, I would be more, so let's say hypothetically, let's say all the stars align. I go out there. I don't hit my top 10, but I at least get a hundred percent completion. Even if I have to try two of the obstacles two or three times, if I can get to that point, I would sign up for, um, not the elite, but the age group where you can actually podium. So not only do you get a finisher medal, but you get like a, a top three or four. If I can get to the point where I can do a hundred percent completion, even if it takes multiple tries, I would sign up for a closed wave event where I would try to run in my age group because Spartan actually has age group runs. So not only do they have open wave and elite, they actually have age group runs. So like if you come to top three in your age group, you actually win, I think an extra money, possibly some money. I mean, money plus possibly an extra medal. So after the race, now you saw the video. I'm crawling through mud. This is at a horse farm, by the way. So you can get God, God damn guarantee there's horse shit in this mud. It wasn't quite as muddy as usual because there, there was lack of rain. So anyhow. Hey, you had to be pleasantly surprised with that. I was expecting. It's Florida. I like the water because it cools you off. Mm. And so um, I was like the, you saw, I fast forward through when you're carrying the, the two by four or the four by eight through the woods. That's usually through waist deep water, not through the woods. Y'all have a bit of a drought this year. It just hasn't been a rainy season. And to give credit to Savage race, which I heard them, someone say on that pro race is the good thing about Savage is you'll never see the same obstacle twice. Whereas Spartan, it's a lot of times it's the same exact thing. And so they're constantly even though it's on the same property, they're moving around. So you can't kind of quote unquote cheat by, well, I do it twice this year. Next year I'll be, I'll have it down. They they're constantly changing it. There was three new, two new rigs that I've never done before. And I've done the race three times, but anyhow, so 
it's supposed to be seven miles, like five and three quarters. I get done, have my free beer, and I'm like, crap. That's all he did it for. It was all for the beer. Yeah. A lot of money for I that bet free that beer. that beer tastes good, though, didn't it? Well, it usually does, but in my head, I'm thinking, okay, I've been out here for an hour and 20 minutes. Sariana and Carrie are back in, at the camper doing <laughs> God knows what. You're still on the clock. <laughs> so I... I'm like drinking my beer as I'm walking to the hose to wash the, the shit off my, my shoes. I quickly go down there. I change, drive back, call the place, call the campground before I even get back. Say, hey, I'm the guy, I'm the unfortunate guy in spot 257. And the lady's like, well, I've been off a few days. I'm not sure what's going on there. I said, well, I'm sure that spot's been there for years. You get a lot of complaints about that. But anyhow, explain to her my dissatisfaction. And luckily, because I only paid the deposit, not the full fucking weekend, I said, look, I would have been there at 9 o'clock this morning when you opened up. The whole reason I stayed at this place is I had a 10 o'clock race. I had to go run a seven-mile race this morning. I just got done. My race started at 10. Your checkout's at 11. There's no way I could have been there and just left today. I said, if I come tear down my camp and leave can I not get charged for today? I said, because we're completely unhappy. I said, this is a $35 spot at best. And she agreed. So I went back, didn't have time to take a shower. Enjoy that city water. I paid for, for the night, tore down camp, hooked up the trailer, drove to three and a half miles home. So I got up, was running at 10. Wow. You camped three and a half miles away. Well, the rate, the, Yeah. <laughs> the three and a half hour drive home get home so i basically sat covered in mud horse shit and everything else all the way for a three and a half hour drive home i didn't get a shower until like 7 30 that night <sighs> honey we're gonna go camping for this event yeah the campground's only three and a half miles away yeah no it was 30 minutes away but anyhow and if you think my weekend was over at that point and now we're all obsessed like well it's a family griswold vacation every time we try to plan a vacation something happens and it gets canceled we try to have a nice weekend camping get a race out of the way here we are you, we you gotta start building in contingencies well the contingency would have been spend 80 dollars for the hotel room spend 30 dollars if i would have drove the volkswagen but instead i'm driving a 2018 tundra with a fucking v8 pulling a 22 foot trailer went through two tanks of gas thanks biden for raising gas up 60 fucking cents oh now you're getting fact checked spend a bunch of fucking money on gas 76 dollars for the one night not to mention the 90 dollars worth of food that i bought for all weekend the hot dogs the sausages the potato chips all the shit i'm not supposed to be eating but it don't matter because i just ran a race so got not didn't get a chance to cook any of that we had uh checkers that uh friday night when we got there how much of that $90 worth of food is left now? Um, I came home and we had hot dogs and sausages. I grilled them out on the grill in the backyard yesterday. So they still got consumed. But anyhow. There you go. So we come back. And um, I'm editing this video because I looked online and no one had posted any Savage Race 2021 videos yet. And so I'm like, here's my opportunity to get some more views on my First YouTube channel. Punch. Yep. And so I'm like tired, but I'm sitting here editing video, you know, driven all day and getting this thing done and I'm watching and I'm watching the replay of the live stream. And that's when they mentioned the, the, the time change. I wasn't even aware there's a time change. It's one thirty in the morning and it hits two o'clock. I look at my Garmin. It says 3am. Keep in mind, I've been up all day. <laughs> 
ran a race, drove three and a half hours. Go in there, Carrie's in there playing Overwatch. I light up my Garmin, point it. She's like, 3M? What, what the hell happened? Is time change. Okay, so anyhow, go to bed at 4.30. Tired as hell, sore as hell. 8 o'clock in the morning, nuggets in my bedroom. The police are here. Oh, fuck. <laughs> they want their money for that campground? Well, I never took the camper back to the camping, the um, storage units. Parked out, hooked up to my truck in front of the house. And that's a no-no in the Cape, in Cape uh, Curl? Coral? <sighs> well, Coral? I know it's... You're supposed to call the city and get a, a overnight parking permit number, which tells code compliance you don't have a vac- vagrant living in your camper. But I didn't do that. So I'm like, God damn it, I'm getting dressed. I go out there, and it's a female cop with a mask on. And it may have very well been the same female cop who knocked on my door five years ago to tell me my neighbor got shot and asked me if I had heard any gun violence. And uh, I was like, hello. She's like, do you know anybody in the neighborhood with a brown and white pit bull? I was like, oh, well, I thought you guys were going to give me grief about my camper. <laughs> and I, I'm i tired. I'm like, hold on a second. And I said, a, a brown and white pit bull? She's like, yeah. I said, uh, a few, about a month and a half ago, I, I said, I run a lot. I said, about a month and a half ago, I walked on the other side and I pointed. I said, the next street over, the house facing this direction on the corner. I said, about... Two months ago, I was running down that side road, and their brown and white pit bull broke the cable and came running right at me. And I was like, you better not. You better not. She came up and just started licking me. I said, super sweet dog. It's a female. I just took her by her leash and walked her back, and she looked at her part and said, that sounds like the one. I don't know what happened. Usually, if you see a pit bull running around the neighborhood and you're freaking out, you usually call animal services. You don't call two Cape Coral police out. I don't know if this dog got a hold of the super mean aggressive men pen that has free roam in the neighborhood that tries to bite my ankles every time i run past that fucking thing but long story short this pit bull got himself into enough attention that it required two cops to go knocking on people's fucking doors at eight in the morning on a sunday or saturday she didn't give you an answer on what's going on no i said just go next street over it's on the corner lot it's in the backyard you'll see the tree with the cable where it's usually they they're not these assholes who keep the dog out there all the time but they'll let it out for an hour or two every night but, um, well, let's uh, let's talk about daylight savings, and I kind of have a theory. One of the things you always hear is it's you lose for farming. An, you lose an hour of sleep, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if you go to bed your normal time and you sleep in an extra hour, then you go about your day next day and you lose an hour of being awake. Where did you lose your sleep? From the it's based off of you waking up the day before. Same with the game. I went to bed at the same time and I slept an extra hour. Therefore, I'm sleeping even. Well, do you know how and why daylight savings time started? Because yeah, we were lied to as kids. We were told it was about the farmers and mm-hmm. the farms. They got to have enough light, although it doesn't matter because the light's either going to be stacked at the beginning of the day or the end of the day. You still got the same amount of light. So, where did it come from? War production. First started in World War One. Interestingly mm-hmm. enough, after World War One, they canceled the ship. But I, I, but you still have the same amount of light throughout a twenty-four hour day. I mean, yes, it varies as as the year. Well, back in nineteen fifteen, electric electricity wasn't as widespread throughout the country. Correct. And so when you have a people building in factories mm-hmm. and all that, and farming and all that. They need the extra hour in the morning 
for employment and all that for war production. But anyhow, they got Actually, rid of it after it gets, the war. It gets lighter later now. Yeah, so you're, I just, you're, you have more I just more think light. they don't want to. I think it actually came down to, yeah, it's a war. They just don't want people to get up earlier. No, because <laughs> they got rid of it. time we're getting up. They got rid of it after World War One, yeah. And then World War Two came around, and I actually have a, I got a book that actually has the guy's name in it. The guy who came up with the idea for World War One reached out to Roosevelt's people and re and proposed the night change again. And he said, only thing I ask if you do this is when you sign it into law, can you give me the pen that you use to sign the bill? Which is why when you watch Trump and all these presidents sign all this shit, they have like one pen for every fucking book they sign because that I mean, pen Trump's goes somewhere. A sharpie, but yeah. Roosevelt didn't do it. In World War One, the president gave that guy the pen. Roosevelt's like, no, he gave somebody else the pen. But anyhow, for whatever reason, and the reason we did World War Two is especially on the West Coast, we had um, blackout curtains because we're worried about air raids because now we have airplanes. And so if you have, you know, blackout times where no one can turn on the lights a certain period, or you have to have blackout curtains, they needed that extra hour of daylight. But for whatever reason, we never reversed but it after it the war. But is it really an extra hour of daylight? Apparently it was enough of an extra hour that somebody in the fucking white house and the government decided it was a, it, just, it was just a good policy. You still got the same amount of daylight. You're just shifting the clock. You just don't want to get up earlier. That's what it comes down to. You just don't want to get up earlier. No, because during the, with the axis of the earth and the rotation mm-hmm. and the position of the sun at the, the, the year, perfect example. Yeah. So, so instead of the sun getting up at five, now it gets up at six, instead of it going down at nine, now it goes down at 10. Yes. But. So you're just shifting it. You're not saving shit. You're just shifting it. It's a, it's, a, they should call it the daylight snooze button. Okay, well, that's a valid point, too. But in, in, in to validate what you're saying is in the wintertime, when I run at 730, it's fucking dark. Now, when I run at 730, it's still light out, and I have some daylight to run and don't have to worry so much getting ran over. But, yes, it's yes, a daylight. Well, when I walk Oliver at 430 in the morning, it's still dark. It's a snooze button. Yes, you're correct. But speaking of inept government policies. Uh, don't get me started. What's going on over in Portland? Uh, who knows? I quit paying attention. Portland Mayor Portland Mayor Wheeler seeks for a two million one-time stem ramp up. Uh, well, they have a different heading on here, but Portland Mayor seeks a one-time two million dollar uh, budget to reinvest into the police. <laughs> who couldn't have seen that one coming? After Portland defunded the police, uh, guess what happened, Gordon? Well, you know. Our homicide rates have gone up. There's already been 20 murders this year. <laughs> and I think the homicide rates also went up, well, across the country, but in Minneapolis, too. Oh, I got a story about Minneapolis that you're not hearing anywhere. The mayor of Portland, Oregon, announced Thursday he would like to seek a $2 million and a one-time funding for police, other agencies, and an outreach program to try to stem rampant gun violence in his city. Hmm. So where did the uh, did the um, defund police people have a say? The mayor in this article the mo- the move by Mailer Ted Wheeler represents an about face after city leaders in June voted to cut cut nearly sixteen million dollars from the police budget reductions uh, that included the elimination of gun violence and reduction unit the cuts came amid racial justice protests following the police killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis. I'll do it. Don't do it. We told you not to do it. Oregon's largest city seeks has seen a spike in violence. So far this year, there has been 20 homicides, most 
result from shootings during the same period of 2020, the deadliest year in the city in more than three, I'm sorry, in more than a quarter century. Uh, yada, yada, yada. So are you saying that counselors can't stop gun violence? So you're saying that when you make it publicly known that you're going to defund the police, that um, people run wild in the streets? Kind of like they, when you were complaining about the news telling, hey, Metro said they're not going to report any um, security alarms going off. Well, gee, thanks for announcing that. If you were going to quote unquote defund the police, it actually had to be in secret. And now, then we could know about it. Mm -hmm. But then, then it flies in the face of the whole screaming that you got to defund the police. It's these gross overcorrections is what's going to get us then knee jerk reactions. Absolutely. Now to be full, we got to do something. No, we got to do the right thing. Full disclosure. Let's, let's talk about Florida and the tires off the coast. We got to do something. We got to create coral reefs. I hear that's turned into a shit show. Yeah. Right. That was a dumb idea. Almost better than nothing. Ah, Sink some fucking Navy vessels. That works better. Mm -hmm. So full disclosure. I have, I don't watch a lot of news anymore. Me neither. 2020 Carlson got his in a ringer <laughs> well, by the Pentagon. Yeah, whatever. He, he like it matters. He followed that up with, uh, well, we were a little concerned at first, but then we got to thinking, well, uh, the Pentagon's been going after Taliban for a while, and they're still around, so what do we got to worry about? So he basically came back and shot fire. And, and guess what? The Taliban doesn't give a f about women's rights. Yeah, <laughs> so he came back and followed that up with a, a, a smite on the Pentagon. But anyhow, so I, I haven't been paying attention, so maybe this got a little news coverage, but it did, clearly didn't get... Remember, um, what was the first autonomous zone called? It had like 15 names. Oh, Chad. Chap or Chap or... Chad, just think douchey white middle class guy, Chad. Now, why did all this happen? Well, we know it happened because they want to get Trump out of office, but what was their excuse for all this happening in 2020? Black Lives Matter, which I get as a movement is great. The organization is a piece of shit. Um, what was the tipping point, the final tipping point? Who was who became the martyr for that? Was he a SoundCloud rapper? No, it was George Floyd. It was oh yeah, he George was the Floyd. Tipping I'm sorry. Point. There was a lot of yes, killings he, prior to that, but that's when the shit went off the rails. Which is which the court stuff's going on right now. Well, we haven't heard much about Antifa since uh, Trump got out of office, but they're still around. Matter of fact. Oh. They just took over the George Floyd Memorial site as their new autonomous zone. Here is a reporter. This is, I first saw this on TikTok and then I Googled it and nothing came up. So I went to DuckDuckGo, imagine that, and it took me to an offshoot site. But then that Did site. Did they tell you everybody was arrested in the capital of the United States too? No, but then it actually linked to the New York Post. So interestingly enough, Google didn't take me to the New York Post. I had to get a DuckDuckGo to go to one of these weird sites and then that circled me back to the new york post so the new york post is talking about it. it just took a little while for the internet to let me know about it here is a reporter walking up to the border of the autonomous zone and you have a female and a male antifa member walking towards them oh gotta get this advertisement out of the way because you know this page has been sitting idle for exactly um 52 minutes. Wow. Sorry for uh, talking about Savage Race for an hour, but anyhow, 
Um, no, you're not. No, yeah, I'm not. I didn't have any other content to talk about anyhow. But anyhow, here's a cat walking up to Extraordinary break. the autonomous this area zone. behind me uh, is the George Floyd Memorial. This is where George Floyd was killed back in May. Take a look. Um, these barricades have been set up by, uh, by protesters. And now they're walking towards him. Uh, they don't allow anyone in, not even the police. It's called an autonomous zone. Uh, and... Oh, I thought if we were on this side of the barricade, no. you're gonna be in a bad situation. Is that a threat? What you don't hear it? Get out of here. Please go. We know what you are. Okay, well that's weird. Um, I'll play the I'll play the TikTok version I had recorded. But anyhow, he's standing outside the autonomous zone, and Antifa comes up to him and says, "You're gonna be in a bad situation if you don't get out of here." He's like, but I'm on the other side. I'm on this side of the border. He's like, it doesn't matter. We know who you are. You're going to be in a bad situation. Here's the TikTok version. The area behind me uh, is the George that? Floyd Memorial. Yeah. These barricades have been set up by uh, by protesters. Uh, they don't allow anyone in, not even the police. A bad situation in a second. Oh, I thought if we were on this side of the barricade, no, you're going to be in a bad situation in a second. Media. I don't give a who you are. The situation at the memorial. Um, I don't give a I fuck who you are. It's a free fucking country. Oh, listen. People that want to go and support um, doesn't feel a sense of inclusion. There is more of a like militant type atmosphere over there and a sense of fear. Kim Griffin supports police reform, but she does not agree with what's happening at the memorial. Her nephew, 28 year old Amez Wright, was shot and killed there over the weekend. Were police able to get in and, and help him? Or police were not allowed to get into that area. He was carried outside the zone. It was made clear law enforcement was not welcome to penetrate that. Zone. So Antifa, which, let's be honest, is made of primarily a lot of fucking white folk, have decided to lock down the George Floyd Memorial, not allow anybody in. Um, this woman's African-American son was there, got shot. We don't know by who. Not saying Antifa did, but he found himself shot and died because the cops weren't allowed into the autonomous zone to rescue his ass. And not a peep out of our current president. I haven't heard anything. Well, who's no one's heard of Biden. The only thing that's come out of Biden was a video that was pre-recorded because there's people outside the White House saying nothing's going on here today, and there's allegedly a press conference, and then of course the nothing to see here, and then the nutballs, the, the super extreme right wing nutballs who. <laughs> these fucking guys are like comparing videos. Here's a picture of Biden last year. You can see he has a mole on his right ear, but this person doesn't have a mole. Who is this imposter? So now you have these nutballs saying that he's not even around. That he's he's got a he's got a body double or a deep fake computer oh, image Jesus doing Christ. shit. So now the right wing people are getting fucking super dumb shit, <laughs> patty and crazy. A, a QAnon people, guess what? The government number one just ain't that fucking good. Yeah. And either is people. Well, deep fake has come a, a long it's way. It's going to be a, a, a true slip somewhere. Deep fake has come a long way, but don't fool yourself. And those deep fake videos are like Robin Williams and all those, uh, those dead actors. That shit took years to, to generate. You're not going to come up with a video of Biden giving of fuck of Biden giving a up to date news conference in three in two months. It's not going to happen. But anyhow. It's just insane. So now you have Antifa taking over the George Floyd Memorial and allegedly they started doing all this crap because of him. It's like, it's just more nonsense. And of course, no one's talking it's a, about it's, it. It's more segregation, right? Now they're segregating themselves even further. This group. <sighs> what are we doing? What the? 
How it's not doing? us. It's this young. It's this young group of assholes, dude. They, they don't even make sense. You make no fucking sense in a legitimate way. You make no sense. Explain to me how this makes sense. Anybody comment if you hear this video. Explain to me, even in a reply somewhere, how does this make sense? Because guess what? You live in bizarro world and you live in a fantasy world of cartoons. If you think it does, you know how you have the Holocaust deniers out there. Oh, those. There's such, of assholes. there's such an assertive effort to popularize and mainstream the concept of modern day socialism and how it's a positive thing mm-hmm. that there is a push and I've trying to research it today. And I saw some websites. The new narrative now is that the Nazi party was not socialist, even though it's in their name that they the new narrative is that the Nazi parties used the German Workers Party as a way to fool people into signing up with what they're doing and that the Nazis weren't truly socialist. So now they're trying to separate the Nazi party from socialism to help push forth the socialist policies in modern-day America. <laughs> this is why I've said it on my other podcast many, many a times. History books... I don't care about your fiction, your fan fiction, your comic books. If you want to digitize all that and get rid of your print, that's fine. History books always need to be in print <laughs> so that when people try this bullshit, I can go to my library and pull out a book. Whereas if you go online, all I got to do is edit the paragraph. And now the Nazis are no longer <laughs> socialist. It's just insane. It is. Absolutely. It just never Sorry, ends. I got a guest. Um, yeah, I just it seems like across the board both sides there's a a problem with separating reality from fiction. It's just it's getting crazier and crazier. I just don't know it's it's just ridiculous. I had a yes, it I is. thought I had a file. I thought I had something set up for my um my no shit files, but anyhow, let's just jump to the Netflix um my Netflix suggestion of the week for um, binge watching because I just fell into this today and watched like three episodes. You have an individual living in a little cabin by himself in essentially a wilderness area right outside a very small town. Doesn't have a car, doesn't have electricity, doesn't have power tools, doesn't have a job. I figure he's one of those guys holed up somewhere, obsessing, reading every article he can find on the ills of society as he sees them and, you know, pounding his fist on the table saying, I got to do something about this. And the kind of guy that the neighbors say he was a little torque, but he kept to himself, kind of quiet. I want physical freedom. I want to get away from cities and civilization. I mean, it, it, it reduces it reduces people to gears in a giant machine. It takes, it takes away our autonomy and our freedom. The name of the documentary is The Unabomber, in his own words. The Unabomber refused many, many of interviews throughout his time in prison, but he reached out to a uh, editor of a magazine, I believe, called Earth First, because he was kind mm-hmm. of an environmentalist and enjoyed her writings, and so he reached out to her and 
she is the only person that's had access and have a long form interview with him on tape. And so they use those tapes in that documentary. It's actually, it's a docu series. I think it's like four or five parts. I'm in on episode two or three, but, um, super whip, smart guy went to mm-hmm. Harvard, was a professor, but you want to talk about a guy who took the heart fail, fail, fail. Keep trying again. I think he's, I think he mailed like 11 or 12 bombs before he actually maimed. So not even killed, but he's, maimed someone. Just right yet. he's making all his bombs are made out of like wood at first. And like matchstick heads and like uh, black powder out of shotgun shells. Like he was watching way too many Looney Tunes with the Acme explosives. Yeah, like his first five or six, seven, eight, nine bombs didn't maim anybody. And finally, he blew some fingers off somebody. It just blew up, and he had the uh, uh, the face with the. (laughs) They got his brother on there doing interviews. They got the audio tape, family photos, but uh, it's just interesting. He lived in Lincoln, Montana. Yes, he did. And uh, talking to his neighbors, who he was not a fan of because one of the neighbors owned and ran a sawmill, and him being an environmentalist, he wasn't too happy about that. So he took a bunch of sand. Where is he going to get all the wood for his matchsticks and whatnot? Um, he takes them out of his neighbors, who was a, um, what do they call those cats? Um, Alaska Last Frontier. Um, homesteader. Got most, he, he took most stuff out of his boneyard. And, uh, but anyhow, it's a good show. So if you're looking for a docu-series to watch on Netflix, look for Unabomber in his own words. And if you like Forged in Fire mixed with a little bit of uh, Repair Shop and uh, you want something a little more lighthearted to watch, check out Blown Away. It's a pretty cool show. You re- but just don't tie that with the Unabomber. Anyway. Um, you ready for the right. news? Let's do the news, yo. Joining us now from the Digital 410 West News Desk in Las Vegas, Nevada... Gordon Abernathy. Gordon, how you doing tonight, fella? I'm doing all right. Getting good grades. Your future's so bright. You like my background? Yeah. That was my bib on the dashboard of my Tundra. I'm looking. Oh, that's kind of. Uh, if that doesn't explain what happens to you in a savage race, I don't know what is. So speaking of wood, I'm out of bourbon. By the way, do you think that this take? I'm not. Uh, what state would you think that this takes place in? So we're going to play a little game. Name the state. Name the state. Name the state. So there's a longtime Amtrak employee in a state that will not be named who stole a dozen chainsaws and hundreds of parts from the railroad and sold them online, according to federal criminal complaint on Tuesday. So what state would someone steal 77 chainsaws? I'm going to say East Coast because I know Amtrak is popular in that area. I know Joe Biden himself is a huge fan of the old Amtrak. At least he used to could. I'm going to say the wonderful state of Maine. New Jersey. Eh, Close enough. (laughs) We think of New Jersey as dirty Jersey. I just think there's a lot of woods out in Maine and, you know, homesteaders and people looking for chainsaws and whatnot. Yeah, one wouldn't think that they'd have 77 chainsaws on a rail line in new jersey however jose rodriguez found that he can make himself a little money hmm. or at least he thought he sold the items for more than 50k jesus thousand dollars between the years of 2016 and 2020 that's a four-year run of selling these things online how many of them 77 so divide that by four oh. and that'll get your average sale a year divided by four at the yep oh. No, there's no way. No, I did that wrong. 
<laughs> anyway. Yeah, don't have the guy who's in LD class and do the math for your fucking... Is there a comma? Yeah, there's a comma in that. <laughs> 50,000. So, uh, divided or minus? Let's just do divided. He's, so he sold... Seven, what? how many? Yes, it is 77 divided by four. Yes, divided by four. So he sells an average of 19.25 a year for four years. I was just trying to get the unit cost, how much he's reselling these things for. Oh, 50,000 divided by 77. That's easy. As I use my calculator. So it's 649 bucks, 650 unit price. Was that a steal? Ah, S-T-I-L-E. I have there no idea. There you go. Yeah, you saw where <laughs> I was going with that. Or was that a Husqvarna? Yeah, I caught that ball and I threw it right back at you. So, Sounds like a Husqvarna uh, to me. The 48-year-old Brick residence. Yes, there is a town of Brick in New Jersey. They are clever there with their naming. Must be where Bricks come from. Anyway, I had worked at Amtrak's North, North Brunswick facility since 2007. Let's see if we get any more puns coming this way. No, I'm going to eat some include, nut butter. Hold on. He went, his positions range from senior engineer to repairman. I'm, I'm wondering if he worked his way down or did he work his way up? Anyway, Rodriguez was scheduled to appear in court on Tuesday afternoon. A message left with the Amtrak and with the attorney according uh, for Rodriguez seeking some comment. So uh, the sale was primarily made through an online auction site, though some of the saws were sold directly to people. According to the complaint, the buyer in Pennsylvania, a, a buyer in Pennsylvania provided law enforcement agents with 11 boxes that had Rodriguez's return address <laughs> that had Whoops. been used to ship chainsaws in exchange for more than 7K. So evidently one guy bought 11 of them. He'd been working on the railroad all the long day. And all, yep. Now and all he's sitting sold. in prison just to pass in the time away. He can't even whittle in prison. And, and all Rodriguez sold. Uh, does kids even know what whittling is anymore? No, because they're not allowed to have pocket knives. Yeah, yeah that's sad. We were very so, young when we got first got our first pocket knife. Yes, we I were. I remember when so Dad we, came back from Switzerland with his Swiss Army knives, and he showed us how he could shave all the hair off his arms as a demonstration of how sharp they were. Yeah, but that sharpness never lasted. Um, of course not. They're fucking Swiss. Well, that we chopped the shit out of everything with those knives. All right, here's a GI Joe. Let's skin him alive. I think we did skin a Barbie. I did a lot of things as a kid with toys. Anyway, uh, Rodriguez sold 77 chainsaws, 103 chainsaw replacement bars, and 163 replacement chains to buyers in Pennsylvania, Michigan, West by, by God, Virginia, Ohio, Illinois, California, and South Carolina. And, and Amtrak never wondered why they're constantly having to replenish their stock of chains and bars and fucking chainsaws in new jersey it's, it's more than that because of this he faces one count of stealing government property and, and one count of stealing from an agency receiving federal funds both counts carry a maximum prison sentences of eh, 10 years that's what you call f-u-c-t fucked <sighs> white supremacists i think I everywhere you know with this picture they're everywhere I sent you an email with this picture. You got to look at this guy because he looks like he's uh, he's missing a few branches from the family tree. You don't say. I you sent it to my it. Gmail? Yep, to your Gmail. So this is out of Falls Church, Virginia, a former Old Dominion University student. I don't think you don't look like the type of guy that do well in university, by the way. Nope. His eyes are getting real close together. Uh, who joined up with white supremacists 
in a swatting conspiracy that targeted a black church uh. in his own, at his own university and cabinet officer, among which others, was sentenced to nearly three years in prison on Monday. Mm-hmm. 33-month sentence for one John William Kirby Kelly. Yes, he does got four names, folks. That's John William Kirby Kelly, John 20. John Jacob Dingerheiser Schmidt. I really think he's probably he of, uh, John William Kirby, 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 Kirby. There he of, is. Of uh, uh, Vienna, Virginia estimate uh, splits the difference between a five-year short term that was sought by uh, prosecutors in a 14-month sentence. So Kelly pleaded guilty to hosting internet chat room where he and others called in fake bomb threats and attacks on more than 100 different targets, many of which were targeted because of racial and religious views. People are dumb, Kai. Okay, that's why I wanted to send that picture to you. Wow, there's this amazing delay in our stream because I have the photo up now, but I know you watch it via Facebook, so you can't see it. So I got I got the big-eared Monchichi-looking kid up there now. So among those in the conspiracy was the founder of Adam Waffen Division. Waffen as an Nazi hate group. Yeah. That individual, John C. Denton of Montgomery, uh, Texas, has also pled guilty and is awaiting sentences. Mm-hmm. So Kelly was 17, living at home in Northern Virginia. You don't say looking like that when he started the graveyard chat room. Tell yes, me, he don't look called, like a Monchichi. He looks like yes, Monchichi. Uh, Monchichi. He, he needs a few branches in that tree. I think they're just a little too pure blood. Yeah. Uh, the chat room soon became a haven for hateful rhetoric by white supremacists, because as we know, they're all idiots. Well, who, it's uh, delighted in the chaos of caused by their swatting calls. So these are the the toolboxes and the tool bags that go out and well, call a SWAT department on this guy and say there's something going on, so they get inconvenienced with the SWAT team showing up. Then kids do that with video games too. Yeah, but I was going to say the difference between this moron and his merry band of inbred assholes and those kids the kids who do it on video games at least are tech savvy enough to figure out how to backtrace someone's ip connection and get the ip so they can then do a lookup to find the address <laughs> clearly this guy and his merry band of assholes weren't able to do that uh, you sound like the kind of people that be sitting around a campfire actually more of a trash a trash can fire with a bunch pallet, of fucking a pallet fire not even budweiser's probably milwaukee's best perhaps blue ribbon there. Nah, it's a little too much for the hipsters still, I think. So, Can you uh, see the screen on your... I'm going to interrupt your news real quick. Can you see the screen? See the video feed? I um, Yes, there he is. Okay, I'm going to get rid of him real quick. And there's going to be a little delay. I was mm-hmm. watching uh, the or- Orifice or The Office on MTV today. And the show ends. And then this disclaimer comes up. I'm waiting for it to pop up here. And there's a disclaimer. It says, this film has outdated attitudes, language... And cultural depictions, which may cause offense today. And I'm like, well, what channel are we watching? Turns out it's MTV. And I got thinking. Has outdated attitudes, language, and cultural depictions, which may cause offense. And I'm thinking, well, what possibly could they be playing? I thought we had the right to offend people. Well, MTV used to. I'm thinking, what comedians? I'm like, what movie is, is getting ready to come on? What possibly could be so offensive? To warrant this warning? That MTV needs to cover their ass by saying this film has outdated attitudes, language, and cultural depictions. Let me which, guess, Real World with Puck? No, this is a movie. Okay. Pick Maybe a movie. Sure. That, they, they could have turned it into a movie. You never know. This movie. How about going back to the well? This movie came out in 1998. 
a long time ago, Don. And we can agree that in 1998... I was still an adult then. We can agree in that in 1998, it was very uncommon to have a picture. It wasn't uncommon, but it wasn't very common. I know it kind of doesn't make sense, but you'll see where I'm going here in a minute. It wasn't regular, but it, it happened seldomly. To have what would become a blockbuster video... Uh-huh. Not the chain, but the term blockbuster is the great Which movie. Which blockbuster was open back then, and you were a spry twenty-year-old. Yes, but it was very uncommon to have a huge hit of a movie where the two featured actors were of the minority persuasion. Okay, there's okay. a hint. This came out in 1998. Yum. In 1996-97, there was a black comedy that came out called Friday. Come every time I, you're, I'm in the kitchen, you're in the kitchen. Eating up all the goddamn food. I'm sorry. Every time I come in the kitchen, you in the kitchen. With your head in the goddamn refrigerator. Eating up all the food. All the pig's feet. All the collard greens. Boy, I like pig's feet. I like hog's mug. What did I ask you to do last night? Throw out the trash. Did you? No. Boy, I was shooting bed right now to come in there and tell you, get out the trash. Anyhow. What are you doing with that cereal? Chris Tucker's breakout role was in yes. Friday. Correct. And they gave him, in 1998, his own sh uh, movie with a co-star who was also Imana Wordy. And if you listen to... Now, uh, is this a co-star of a country where the coronavirus may have may or may not have originated? Yes. Okay, okay. A co-star who is of a persuasion that if you listen to a certain comedian who is Asian would explain to you that up until recently, when... Uh, Filthy Rich Asians came out, it was very uncommon for Asians to get leading roles in movies. So we have a comedy that came out in 1998 starring Chris Tucker and Jackie wait, wait, Chan. Wait, wait, I got it. And Dr. Ken, right? Jackie Chan. Sorry. A movie with Chris, Mr. Chow? Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan, two minorities, and MTV oh, decided... that there's actually more Chinese than anybody else on the planet, but anyway... Well, in our country, and this is before Hollywood was making movies express, for the express purpose of pleasing the people in China. This is that, that type of movie where MTV needs to put up a disclaimer saying this is an outdated movie with outdated attitudes and language and cultural depictions, which may cause offense today to who? White people? Pissing off all the Karens, Don. This is a, a movie that came out in the 90s that allowed two minorities to have the leading role. And by the way, which produced a part two and quite possibly a part three. But yes, Rush Hour, according to MTV, is super offensive and may very well offend people with their jokes about, do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Now, I did watch it, and there are some. There, MTV's idea of race, racially offensive is the stereotype of Chinese people with cameras. <laughs> like but in Hollywood. Now, if, now let's bear with me. If there was a movie that just showed nothing, but let's say the deliverance, we'll, we'll play the deliverance. I honestly thought they were going to play but blazing they, saddles with that sort of. Yeah. But with deliverance, which is pretty much a bunch of white hillbillies, rednecks, uh, would they get that kind of warning on it? No, no of course not. For the it's same depiction of a, uh, of a culture, right? Well, let's take it's a, a depiction of a culture that's not in a positive light. But you can make fun of white people. That's okay. Uh, that's as right. long as they're straight and they're men, you can make fun of them. 
And preferably if they're skinny. If they're overweight, you might catch a little flack. But if they're skinny, white, straight dudes. How many people in the last few years, Jimmy Kimmel got attacked because during the man show, he did a bit where he's paying homage to a basketball player and he was quote unquote wearing blackface. And well, to me, a new blackface is the I, old, uh, I understand. But in the new wave, the yeah. fact that he was paying homage to a Laker and his skin was painted black, they're coming after him for blackface. But if a person of color played Donald Trump, <laughs> would they get in trouble? You don't have to play the hypothesis game, Gordon. It's called white chicks by the Wayne brothers. Well, the problem is, is he's orange. I know, but my point is, is there's all these people yeah. getting canceled for allegedly doing blackface, but I'm sure the Wayne brothers and white chicks will still really be playing on Comedy Central. Robert Downey Jr. hasn't been in trouble yet. I think some some of these snowflakes tried to get after him a little bit for Tropic Thunder, but it didn't fly. Yeah, he did a good job. But anyhow, I just thought it was insane that MTV deemed it necessary to put up a cultural offensive disclaimer before fucking rush hour <laughs> but back to your right, two two more cases number one since we're talking about racism there's a burglar in germany a gurgleber i'm sorry a burglar was caught over a bite from germans sausage a german police said that uh, this is out of berlin through the ap german police say they have solved a nine-year-old burglary after DNA was found on a half-eaten piece of sausage that matched that of a man detained in France oh, over an unrelated crime. Did he rob a government building? A politician? I can't imagine that the German police, unless they're better than the American police. I mean, when your house gets broken into here in America, the cops say, look, we're not going to find these guys. We're just going to file a report and go about our day. The fact that they have this burglary on file for nine years and still active What's odd about this story is the police, everything, the western, everything police in the Western town. This could have been a yeah. in the Western town. Demois um, said Thursday that the sausage belonged to the victim and the suspect plot thickens shot sausage, a 30 year old Albanian citizen appeared to have helped himself to bite during the March 2012 break-in. So he uh, he was breaking in. He saw a piece of sausage there, decided, you know what, I'm a little fucking peckish. Let me grab a, let me grab a bite of this sausage. And it was that that got him busted because it wasn't clear the type of sausage known in Germany as worst that the burglar had nibbled on. The police said it was of a hard variety. Got insert all sorts of jokes here. Investigators uh, were recently alerted by French police that they had taken matching DNA samples from a man involved in a violent crime. But the Schwelm police said the suspect remains free and in their way of writing, at worst case, he may escape punishment. The statute of limitations on the burglary has expired, thus like the sausage, meaning that he will no likely, not likely be extricated, extradited to Germany. I saw a great TikTok where someone was pointing out the fact that these Gen Zers are in love with the 80s and 90s now, mm-hmm. but politely reminded them that none of them would be able to survive the 80s and 90s because they'd be so fucking offended about everything their heads I would explode. That. How are you guys still alive? How are they going to cancel? Wait, wait until the day where the Gen Z living out their 80s 
desires run into a little group called the Pet Shop Boys. <laughs> All right. And they come across this song called West End Girls. There's a lyric in West End Girls that go, In the West End town, in the dead end world, where the East End boys are West End girls. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean they're trans? No. That means that the guys at the East End were such pussies that they are the equivalent of the women who are tougher on the West End. But you can't say that. That's offensive. You can't compare the guys to the girls over there. Uh, are they going to try to cancel the pet shop boys now? Probably. You fit, Did you ever watch the movie Minority Report? Yes. Where they try to you arrest fit, people for you, crimes they haven't you, uh, committed. I think from your story earlier today, you are familiar with Dade City, Florida? Yes, sir. I was in Dade City. And interesting enough, I was in Dade City last weekend, and there's a World War II reenactment there next weekend, which I probably will Well, evidently, to. Florida Sheriff has been sued over a program that predicts crime. Oh, yeah? U.S. Representative Matt Getz has called Florida's governor to remove a sheriff who was sued this week by four residents claiming an intelligence program by, run by the two cops agency— the top cops agency violated their constitutional In right. Dade City? I can't imagine they got the fucking budget to do that. Well, in a tweet on Thursday, it gets a Republican congressman from the Florida panhandle said Governor Rick DeSantis had uh, the authority to remove the Pasco County Sheriff Chris Noco. Oh, Pasco County. Okay, Dade City. Yeah, this was out of Dade City. I got you. Um, and, and should be uh, considered doing so. I don't care uh, that this is being done by a GOP sheriff. According to Gatz, it's awful that he harasses citizens because you think they may commit crimes mm -hmm. and hoping to make their lives miserable. So anybody who has seen Minority Report, they pretty much predict that you're going to do a crime. The intelligence program run by the Pasco Sh County Sheriff's Office uses arrest histories and information from police reports to determine which residents are most likely to break the law. Deputies then make repeated visits to those individuals' homes even when there are no warrant or evidence of a crime, according to an investigation by the Tampa Bay Times. That just flies in the face of the whole theory of paying back to society. I yeah. Yes, I committed a crime. I did my time. I paid back. Now the whole hypothesis is that I have somewhat of a clean slate to move on in my life. Nope, not there. Not in Pasco County. And that will be the news for today. Uh, doo, 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 doo. I lost my sounding board because I was filming through photos on Facebook. This concludes the evening news. And now back to the ACT Computer Studio in Cape Coral, Florida. And this concludes another episode of the What's in Your Head podcast. This episode of the What's in Your Head podcast is brought to you by our friends at ACT Computers. That's right. ACT Computers has been providing IT solutions for all Southwest Florida since 2004. So give them a call 239-283-1120 or head over to act-capecoral.com. They can help you with all your computer needs, computer repair, laptop repair, tablet repair, online two-form authentication, etc etc even if you don't live in southwest florida give them a call 239-283-1120 and with your assistance they can log in your computer and help you remotely with all your computer needs give them a call 239-283-1120 and while you're on the internet head over to d-410.com click and sign up for that patreon link click on that social link and find all of our locations for our social media and please like share us with a friend and if you didn't know if you're one of the people who download our show directly from our website to listen to it thank you so much but it's probably easier and helps us out through kind of advertising. If you download us through a podcast app, we are available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, etc., etc., wherever fine podcasts are found. 
Thank you guys so much. Gordon, you got any uh, parting words for our friends here? No, I have none. None? Okay, well, we'll see y'all next Monday. Thank you guys this so much. This has been a Digital 410 production. <laughs>